everyone to poke and cush it is thursday february 2nd 2023 we have made it through the first month of the year and the month from hell for the new orleans pelicans has officially come to a close but there might be another one good riddance good riddance to january yeah I don't know. I had a nice January overall outside of having to watch those 16 games. <laughs> it seemed like twice that many. Oh it seemed God. like there was a game every night. <laughs> Did it feel like they were playing double headers at some point? Oh, man. What'd you get into this week? Uh, man. Chewbacca's? I didn't go. No. Did you go? No. Yeah. I, I saw the privateers again on Saturday. They got beat very badly, but I had a great time. I saw. <laughs> so I go to go to my seats. I'm uh, not to brag. I sit on the front row at, at the Privateers games, and I go to my seat, and uh, there's a very tall, dark man sitting in my seat. And I was like, well, this is weird. And I look over, and I was like, oh, there's literally one person this can be. And it was Irvin Johnson, you know, the guy who played at UNO and played in the NBA for yeah. like 12 years. And he was taking up just his own body and legs. He's like seven feet. Take, took up both seats that I have. <laughs> and I was like, should I kick this guy out of my seats? I was like, I don't think I'm going to kick this guy out of Is my seats. Is he 6'10"? He's very tall. 6'10", used to play for Seattle. He played for Seattle, Milwaukee. Yeah. He played for a couple. Yeah, he was, around, he was around the league a long time. He was a badass at UNO. One of like the greatest stories ever. They like found him literally bagging groceries. And they were like, hey, do you play basketball? You're enormous. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I do. That's <laughs> a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. And Tim Floyd got on the team, and they were like, UNO is in the top 25, you know? Um, just kind of a... Very different era of, uh, of of sports. But anyway, good to see him. Good to go out there. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I was uh, just kind of bumming around a lot this week, this weekend and this week. It's been nice. It's been a, a, a good time to just be chill and to waiting for Mardi Gras to come up. There was so much stuff happening this weekend. Right. I was like, oh, are you going to the animal races? Are you going to the UNO game? Everybody was asking. <laughs> Gonna go sit on the front row with Irvin, not Magic Johnson, and Kush. Yes, Magic Kush. Of course, yes, the much bigger celebrity. Uh, but did you make it over to Chewbacca's? No, I uh, sat at home with my Funko Pop dolls <laughs> and had the exact same experience. A friend of mine went, and she was like, "Yeah, you know, it's just Alf in a golf cart." And I was like, oh, that's really funny. And then she sent me a picture, and it was actually Alf <laughs> in a golf cart. I thought it's just a funny statement, but apparently that's where we're at now. Yeah, I think that's. I think Chewbacca is a great idea. Like, just came out of absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, let's just do this in the Bywater. And uh, There's nothing wrong with horny nerds having a good time. Yeah, it seems like everybody who goes enjoys it. I've never seen a Star Wars movie, so I feel like I'd be a bit of a fraud. Uh, going to Chewbacca. There's other things there. There's is there. Have you seen I, Star I Trek? <laughs> I saw one Star Trek. What about Mork and Mindy? Uh, I don't know if I've seen Mork and Mindy. Um, what else is there? Avatar. I've, no mm, one's ever nope. seen Avatar. No. <laughs> it's like the number one movie in the world forever. I don't know a single person that's seen it. I've never seen it. The only review I received was from a friend of the show, Jack Gooding, who said that Avatar was uh, dot, 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 long. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, that's true of almost every movie now, though. When I watch it, I'm like, if this was just an hour shorter, I would enjoy it a lot more. I've, I've said this on the show years ago. Netflix needs a 90 minutes and under category. Yeah. That would be incredible. Yeah. I'll watch anything that's an hour and a half. I'm going to watch the Cocaine Bear movie. <laughs> it's an hour and a half. <laughs> an hour and a half. Uh, Puss in Boots, that's an hour and a half. <laughs> like 
old network dramas like ER or The West Wing or whatever, they're 42 minutes mm-hmm. an episode. So it's like kind of the perfect amount of time. You know, because like a lot of... Do you watch a lot of Homicide, Life on the Streets? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of... Uh, what was the, the, the Law and Order uh, SVU? There's a... Like, you know, I used to watch a lot of those streaming. There was the Sunglass one with David Caruso where he'd always say a pun like, looks like this guy got pulled. <laughs> yeah. That uh, was one of them. Yeah. What was the name of that one? CSI? That sounds right. CSI Miami. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on a few of them. Have you really? Yeah. Do you Dead body number three? Uh, uh, mostly guy in bathhouse <laughs> number four. <laughs> Rape victim six. I was in the uh, Scott uh, Black Blackula. Scott Blackula. <laughs> that was a different one. Yes, I was in that one. I was in Zoo. Is, wait, is uh, that was that was the CSI New Orleans? Uh, I think that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on for a while. I think it's still on. You were an extra. I was a stand-in okay. for some guy that was my height. <laughs> so you would just literally wait until the cameras went on and they'd like I would, move you out of the way? I would wear a similar colored shirt. I would stand there and then they'd tell me to get out of the way. What's the going rate for that? They get uh, It's like 225 bucks a day. Okay. Free meal. And it's pretty much the whole day though, right? Uh, Yeah. It's usually, it's eight hours uh, guaranteed. That is the definition of unskilled labor. It was the definition of <laughs> I'm doing comedy full time, so I have to secretly have a job, which takes much much more time than a regular office you job. Know, I have so much freedom being a comic. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm standing in yeah, places. Yeah, standing Scott next to Gerard Butler at uh, the Michaud station, pretending like we're in a spaceship. That's true. <laughs> this really? Yeah, I was in a geostorm. <laughs> They, I was tweeting about it the whole time, like about how much the movie sucked and how everyone there was crazy. And like uh, the next day, I was uh, I was a Swedish uh, scientist. Oh, great! And so, like the next day, in uh, in costumes, they were they were like, "Hey, uh, you need to stop uh, tweeting about Geostorm." <laughs> if anybody goes to see this movie in eight months, you are a moron. <laughs> this thing is a piece of shit. Well, it was like Gerard Butler and then like a weather guy from Telemundo. Yeah. And uh, the guy from Designing Women. And that's like the whole movie. That's like the. <laughs> did they. Did they still Meshach shoot- Taylor. <laughs> yeah. They still shoot many movies here? Is it pretty much gone? I don't know. I see signs around, uh, but it seems like they're mostly in uh, Metairie now. Oh, <laughs> that. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember they shot when I was living on Calhoun Street, they shot This Is Us like. Right where, uh, like the rapture scene, they shot like. Oh, who could forget? They said like where uh, that coffee shop is on Calhoun and Claiborne, like right near Ted's Frost Stop Mm -hmm. and the old Bud's Broiler right there. Robert's Bar. Yeah, I know Robert's. Yeah, that's where they put everything was like that whole part of uh, it was very odd. And then I guess they shot the actual movie somewhere in Lake Vista. What's it? This is us. No, Isn't not that, that TV show. No, what's the the one where like the fat Seth Rogen? Yeah, I, it's not called. <laughs> I was not even close. What is the one where the Rapture and Seth oh, Rogen yeah. and uh, Jonah Hill and that whole gang of pals eating each other and um, this is the end. This is the end. Yeah, that, I got two of the words right. Yeah, and then sure. I just totally botched the last one. Um, so anyway. Some fun Easter eggs. You can kind of see uh, a block from my house. Excellent. <laughs> you watch that again. And if anyone here watches uh, shows that come on antenna television, <laughs> keep an eye out for me. Okay. I don't think anybody knows what I look like. Dead body with my major <laughs> erection. Yes. That would be Polk. <laughs> the good thing this child molester is dead. Yeah, that was in Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Like, why am I playing a child molester in Norbit? You get, you know. I did lose. I did lose my agent because they kept trying to get me to audition for a rapist in a Christian movie. <laughs> That's awesome. It was like three different ones in a row. Yeah, you fit the like, profile. Huh? I was like, I got to get a new headshot. <laughs> I mean, would you have had any lines? Have you ever had any lines? I'm sure there were lines that I would not have wanted to say. Yeah. Have you had lines? Yeah, I've had lines. Okay. 
What could you remember? Not when I was a child. Not like, ugh. <laughs> you look hot. <laughs> These pretzels are making me thirsty. Uh, wait, so how many like movies have you been credited? Um, probably like two. Okay. Probably and you, two. And you, would you know which ones? Uh, the Big Short and probably Geostorm. Where was The Big Short? Which I'm in the intro. Scene? Are you really? I'm in the intro of The at Big the one Short. At the At the strip club. Oh, nice. I'm on the front row with a guy, and we're throwing money at the stripper. The other guy is Angus from the movie Angus. That's incredible. How have you never told me this before? I don't know. I've seen the big short way more times than I should have. I'm in the first 30 seconds. That's incredible. Well, how did Angus can't get a gig now? Angus uh, was asking me. Angus like Bethune? <laughs> Angus was like asking me like, so what, uh, you know, I'm hosting the, he like, I think he hosted burlesque shows. He's like, asking me about comedy. And I'm just like, you're Angus. I used to watch your movie all the hey, time. Hey, remember Green Day? That song from your movie? Oh man, I liked Angus. Purple prom suit, right? Yeah. Angus was great. Yeah. It turns out not so great at the, uh, you know, the Angus reunion. <laughs> be a little sad. Um. Uh, well, that was a weird segue into, uh, you know, the times used to be fun, and now times are very miserable, uh, mostly with regard to the New Orleans basketball team. We'll get into it here, because uh, I know that's why a lot of you are listening. Yeah, man, they, they stink right now. I, I, I don't know if it's permanent, and I don't know if anything majorly changed, uh, but you can't lose nine straight games without sucking, and this team sucks, and... I don't know if they're officially like a bad team that's going to stay a bad team, but this bullshit that I read all the time from these squirrels with their heads in the ground going like, oh, come on, man, they're still 500. Like, this is a great team. Keep your head up. Uh, you know, we got to be positive. Like, no, you don't. Like, they lost nine straight games. Just accept it. <laughs> Call them, say they suck right now, and that's fine. They've lost nine straight. I think it's uh, ten of the last thirteen. Uh, yeah, they were three and thirteen in January. I think the last ray of hope, obviously, was right before Zion got injured in Philadelphia. That was a month ago, I believe. At this January, point. it was the night of the Tulane Cotton Bowl win. And you know, there's so much reserved uh, good feelings towards this team. You keep you you know you become one of those doofuses, and you're like, hey, it's fine. Everything's fine. We're just going to weather the storm. So-and-so's doing great. So-and-so stepped up. Hey, they have cool t-shirts. The weather's nice. You're coming up with different positive things that exactly. are happening to make up for it. Yeah. And you thought that the the thing that would really kickstart the team back up would be Brandon Ingram returning, which he has done yeah. to his credit. Yes. He is a man on the floor playing basketball. That's about what he is. It has not um, really been the Brandon Ingram of before, the all-star Brandon Ingram. Um, There were a lot of hopes last night in Denver that he would turn it on in the fourth quarter. There really seemed to be a lot of potential to win that game last night Mm -hmm. in Denver against a good Denver team. Uh, The Pelicans really don't have a lot of excuses anymore because they've played their fair share of games without Zion. They've got Brandon Ingram back. Yeah. What's going on? This essentially was the team that was in the playoffs last year and that everybody rallied behind and everybody loved and everybody thought was was awesome. And uh, now they loot. This is the same group. And, you know, it was right when Ingram came back, but they lost the Wizards. Uh, then everybody was benched. They basically, you know, surrendered uh, against the uh, Bucks. They got totally embarrassed. I mean, I think Giannis legitimately could have scored 200 points if he wanted to that night. <laughs> if, he wanted, if he wanted to double Will, Will, Will Chamberlain's record, I really think he could have found a way. Uh, they, they could have scored every six seconds for the entirety of the game if that was actually what they wanted to do. Uh, thankfully for the Pelicans, he just scored 50, and I think he played like less than 30 minutes. It was unbelievable. Uh, no, Thankfully for the Pelicans, no one was watching because it was during the NFC Championship or the AFC Championship game. Uh, just a you know total bag of shit that game was. And then the Pelicans actually came out and played well at Denver uh, for the first half, especially they played very hard. Herb Jones had one of his best games of the season. It felt like a game where they... We're starting to recognize the urgency that they're playing under, 
but sometimes you just can't overcome beating the best player in basketball right now, which is Nico Jokic. Uh, and he was incredible and just kind of dominated them in the second half. And look, they got another challenge, the very similar type of challenge in facing Luka Doncic uh, in Dallas, a, a guy who beats the shit out of them every single time they play. And this is the Pelicans are in hell right now, man. I don't know what else to say. Like, this is just a really would be a really hard stretch with Zion. It is uh, an almost impossible stretch considering the way they're playing and where they're at. Um, I believe you tweeted today. This is the third nine-game losing streak in the last four seasons. Is that correct? Yes. So three of the last four years have have had a nine game, a, a losing streak of at least nine games, which is crazy. I don't know how many other like non horrific franchises had. Like I'm sure the Magic have had that or something. Yeah, I don't really follow streaks for other teams. I yeah. see overall records. Yeah. I don't I don't follow streaks, but nine sounds like a lot of games. It's a lot of games. <laughs> it's ten percent of the season. Right. You know, I mean it is a significant amount of games who just get beat consecutively. Um, you know, the equivalent of losing eighteen straight major league games, if you want to put it that way, you know, it's 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 a lot, uh, and it doesn't happen all that often, and it happens to these guys <laughs> pretty often, and it'll be really hard for them to avoid 10 straight losses, and it, then that puts a massive, massive weight on this team uh, against the Lakers on Sunday. Now that game is at 5, or Saturday, that game is now is at 5 p.m. It's been moved up. Uh, it was an ESPN 2 tip-off, which I found odd i didn't hmm. know they put nba games in espn2 i guess there's like an outside chance lebron breaks the record for all-time scoring that's why it's getting on yeah if he scores like somewhere in the mid 50s i think he would break the record it's bumping the uh bowling that they normally yeah. show on <laughs> espn2 no if you want to watch uh the 30 for 30 that's you know 11 years old uh, on the u uh yeah unfortunately you won't be able to catch that on saturday uh so that game, I feel like, will be one of those where if they lose to the Mavericks and then they come home and lose that game to the Lakers in front of what will be a 50-50 crowd, I would think, considering what LeBron is going for, uh, I think that will start to really break people. I think that that will be when the panic button becomes uh, very much in view. It seems like the Pelicans have kind of avoided uh, national media panic regarding this losing streak just because... Yes. People don't care that much about the Pelicans, and universally, I think it's just kind of, oh, it's the Pelicans. Of course, Brandon Ingram is injured, and of course, Zion is injured. I, yes. I haven't seen too much national scrutiny about what is currently happening. If LeBron breaks the record, and then that would be an 11-game losing streak, mm -hmm. that's going to be bad. And you'd basically, I think it kind of guarantees you'd fall out of the top 10 as well. They're currently first. Yeah, they, they've gone from first to 10th in a month. They are currently 10. I mean, even when they were a week ago when this team was, I think it just fallen to fourth. Yeah. That's still only about three games away from Oklahoma. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's very. It's, it's a very tight uh, conference, and now they're in 10. The play-in the play stinks. Yeah. And uh, the Pelicans are right back where they were uh, last season. Yeah. And it, uh, I mean, they're basically doing exactly what they did to open last season here in the middle of of this season and that is uh just dispiriting and it's going to come down you know they have the ability to get themselves out of it because you watch them do it with essentially this roster that would include when brandon ingram is back you've watched them play very well uh you know they're capable of it but they're going to need a lot more for brandon ingram and i think there's a lot of ingram apologists out there who love brandon ingram because they think he is a max contract guy and he obviously has a, a ton of ability and has shown it uh, at times when he's been healthy, uh, but he's going to have to just be that dude. And I don't know how long it's going to take him to get into that place where he can be that dude. He looks slow. His shot obviously is not falling. He doesn't just, he just doesn't look natural right now in the rhythm of what they're doing. And you would hope after three or four games that kind of stuff will work itself out. Uh, but at the moment, I, I it's scary to watch them and be like, they really could just fall out of this thing 
completely and then have to wait for Zion to come back in mid-February and pray that in the last 20 games you can you know make up enough ground to get into the play-in. Yeah, and that's a scenario that nobody has been expecting. You know, seeing where the Pelicans were and seeing where they are now and what is to come is just disappointing because yeah. you've seen what it could be. It's like when I go to another city and they have working traffic lights <laughs> and then I come back here, it's like, yeah, I can navigate this. There's no working traffic light. I know how to get around it, but I've, I've seen the promised land. I've seen the positive version of this and now I'm back where I was, and it's just disappointing. It's a little, so, it's a little kick in the ass. I know it can be better than this. Yeah, I have standards. We've now. seen it be better than this. Not, yeah. not long ago. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's the same guys. Now the Zion part with this season, I get, but like that team last year won a lot of games when CJ and Brandon Ingram were leading the charge, and Herb Jones was there, and Jose, and it's like, it, it's the same team. You just got to kind of get that energy back. And, uh, and they got to make some shots. Their shooting is just atrocious. And every time they, they kick for a three-pointer, unless it's Trey Murphy, you're like, well, this isn't going to go in. Yeah, last night, the when I looked at it, they were 8 of 25 from three. Yeah. It didn't feel abnormally bad. No. It felt pretty normal for them. It's just you keep saying these things that you've said for year after year after year with the Pelicans of, Oh, they just got to get some shooters. They have shooters. Yeah. CJ McCollum is a shooter. Jose Alvarado can be a shooter. He put up 38 against Denver. He put up like 30 in Milwaukee while Giannis was ice skating around the arena. (laughs) Tomahawk slamming on everybody. There are guys on this team that can shoot. They're just not, not knocking down shots right now. And I don't think the solution to that is just keep bringing in more shooters yeah. and hoping that they stay good. Yeah. There are people on this, the, the Pelicans, I don't know if they, I, I don't really think they need to make a move. They just need healthy players. They need to play like the team that they were seven weeks ago. Yeah. And, and I guess that really everything rests on what, we learn about Zion in the next week, which, you know, is he progressing properly? Do they think he's going to be back by the all-star break? He was named an all-star starter. Uh, he said he would play. He hopes to play. Uh, he better not. Could you imagine <laughs> if he like doesn't play all the way up to that plays in that game and then isn't available like right when he gets back, that would not be, it would not go over. Well, that would be unbecoming. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'll screw it up that badly. God, you wouldn't think they'd screw that up that badly. I just can't help but think, like, I'm not in the full panic, tear it down, trade up everyone, and, you know, whatever. I, I there There is an extreme to that. And people do sort of assume that trades fix everything. And there's really not a simple trade for this team to make that would automatically upgrade them. I do think they'll try to move Devontae Graham. I do think they'll try to move Jackson Hayes just because most of those guys have just played very badly or not played at all. They don't fit uh, what they're doing. So I could see them, you know, kind of moving on the periphery. Uh, And Griff has shown that he kind of does enjoy making those moves at the deadline. Uh, You know, if you remember when J.J. Redick was traded right at Mm -hmm. the deadline. I mean, you know, making some moves kind of on the edge. But I don't think you're going to get the splash they did with C.J. McCollum last year. but that is kind of uh, this this forgotten history about last season. And I heard Antonio Daniels, who I do respect as a uh, a basketball mind, uh, but he was basically you know calling out Pelicans fans for being quote too negative. And it's like he's like, well, I remember all this last year when everybody was down on them, and then all of a sudden you know they figured it out. They wrote you know, and then if you're not going to be with us now, don't be with us at the end. It's like. They didn't figure it out. They didn't. They traded for CJ McCollum, and they got a lot better. I was like, and they still finished ten games under five hundred. The improvement with CJ was not instant either. Yeah, it took a while. But I'm just saying, it wasn't as if like all of a sudden they just snapped into it and became a good basketball right. team like overnight. Like this roster just like. Uh, you know, congealed properly together and everything was cohesive and they started, you know, winning games. It's like they were still a pretty bad team. They were finished 10 games under 500 and they traded for what was then the, if not, not the best player on their team, the second best player on their team 
and completely changed the trajectory of what they were able to do in the postseason. So the concept that like, yeah, everyone just everyone just chill out and just trust that it's going to get better on its own. That's not really a realistic version of what happened last year. And it's not uh, until Zion comes back. I don't think you can really expect it to just turn on a dime this year. Yeah, so we're going to be looking forward to Zion coming back. The reevaluation is in one week-ish, maybe yeah. a little more than that. Yeah. Two weeks ago, they said that everything was fine. No extra bones had grown in there. <laughs> they didn't find the fungus from The Last of Us or anything. Yeah. It's one of those no news is expected news with this, yeah. though. Like, I don't think they're going to tell you the truth that something did go wrong. I believe he's been shooting around a little at practice. Yeah. I have no reason to doubt that he will be back around the All-Star break. Yeah. That seems to be when people think he'll be back. That would be very helpful. I think there's like 20 games, maybe less than that, by the time you actually get through the All-Star game. Um, and that those are going to be very important. And I think the city is going to respond to it. I think people are going to show up uh, at the arena. They've had great – they really have had great crowds. Yeah. I went to the, uh, the Minnesota game. It was – Awesome. It really was. They did a great job. It was like, it, and I think that Lakers game will be nuts. Then they play the Kings, I think, on Sunday. Lakers tickets are so expensive. Yeah, well, that's because, you know, you just got a bunch of jack wagons who like, you know, I, I live in Gulfport, Mississippi, but I'm the biggest Lakers <laughs> fan of all time. And, and then when you combined it, when LeBron went there, it's like just guys who like own a LeBron jersey from Cleveland, from Miami, from Cleveland again, and then from the Lakers. It's like they just like track him as if he's like a tennis player, you know, like or, or a golfer, like a single guy they root for as he moves around. Um, there's a whole lot of that. And so it's going to that's always a shit show uh, when they play a LeBron team or they play the Lakers and it's both. And then you have the AD situation, too, where he'll be playing in an important game here for the first time since his return i mean he played here under you know some booze uh but i think the vitriol will be very high and the game is very important and uh, it should be a really fun atmosphere in there saturday but it will be very tense and then sunday against sacramento is a huge game especially if you don't get that one in la so the city i do think will respond i think the the arena will have good atmosphere this team obviously badly needs it uh, because whatever edge these guys had uh, from October through the end of the year of 2022, they have completely lost. Yeah, I mean, there's not that many games left in the season there's either. Not. So the fans are going to show up and they're going to show out. There's five home games in February, mm -hmm. and there's about 30 games left in the season. So I'd say about 15 home games left. That's not a lot. There's not, and that's you know, it's always February's tough because you got the All Star break and you have Mardi Gras. And so that's just a lot of dates that are just not available. So a whole lot of road games right now. The Pelicans have not been good on the road at all. Uh, so the ones they do get at home are, are critically important. Well, one thing that can help the Pelicans out is in April, four of their five games are at home. Those yeah. are going to be crucial games. Hopefully yeah. everybody will be healthy for those and uh, we'll be there. Do you like do you even care if they make a trade at this point? No, I, I, I don't think they need to. I think throwing players at this situation isn't helpful for it. Mm -hmm. I think it obviously was last season. This is a team that potentially has four all-star caliber players on it. How much more do you need? Like, yeah. th this team has all the ingredients. They're just not uh, cooking the right way right now. I'm, I'm steadfast in keeping this team, staying the course, and just seeing what happens. Yeah, I also do wonder like can you blame this on coaching coaching seems like such an easy thing to blame but in the nba it also seems really like uh, i don't know minimal as far as the amount of impact like is what willie green doing really affecting them i think the biggest complaint right now from like a overarching not you know nitty-gritty uh is that kyra lewis just is not playing at all and, and it does feel like when he's on the court he's impactful uh, and I don't quite understand why he's not playing at all. Yeah, I was a little confused. You know, Willie was like, hey, it was great to see uh, Kyra out there. It's like, you're the guy that puts him out I there. <laughs> you're the one totally in charge of that. He didn't yeah. just show up out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I was watching the the Minnesota game where Devontae was playing 
okay. He made a couple of three-pointers. Yeah. And it's like, is this just trying to raise his stock to get rid of him? Is that why Jax is starting a game at this point I in the know. season? Are we just trying to raise the value? I, You know, the coaching stuff, yeah, there's been some questionable decisions. There always will be. Yes. Who cares? He's a uh, second-year coach. Yeah, and it's also like when you lose, everyone questions coaching. And when you win, nobody no, – I mean, nobody understands anything about basketball strategy yeah. until you start losing. And then all of a sudden, there's a, a hundred questions about the strategy. It's like NFL play calling. Yeah. So the play calling sucked. I was like, well, it sucked because it didn't work. Yeah. I was like, you know, you don't know what they saw, what was executed, whatever. It's like there's questionable – decisions that get made but like i i i think this is a matter of a team that cannot shoot the ball continues to not be able to shoot the ball and they're not getting nearly as good a looks as they got with zion uh which is completely understandable and so they're having to take 25 33 pointers they're not nearly the same quality that they were when zion was there and they're just not good enough to overcome that as far as shooting goes. Yeah, and when you get down to stuff like that, is Kyra Lewis playing more minutes a game, no. putting any more wins No. on Pelicans? No. no. I don't think Most so. of these games haven't been close. Yeah. I mean, outside of Denver came down to the last minute. Minnesota, I guess, theoretically, they pulled it within four, maybe five in the last couple of minutes. And other than that, I mean, they haven't been within a possession in the final minute of the game, you know? Like, they've pulled it within shouting distance but never to where it was like they had a shot to tie or take the lead in the last minute and that is uh th that's as dispiriting as anything is that they don't feel like they're all that close even though they did play well against denver the other night yeah denver could take that five point attainable lead and send it up to 10 10 points in yeah. five seconds it's like okay this is what this is what a contender does doesn't nikola Jokic look to you like the guy who played Michael Jackson in The Simpsons. Remember the <laughs> yeah. prisoner Michael Jackson? I do. Doesn't he kind of look like that? You can't see that on Disney Plus. They took it off. <laughs> did they really? Yeah. They took it off? They did. Do you have the DVDs, is that right? Of course I do. Yeah. Lisa, it's your birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. He just looks Lisa. like a like a big cabbage patch kid. It's incredible that guy's the best player in the NBA. It's uh, it's got to be dispiriting for <laughs> I, like you see him compared to like someone like Brandon Inger who just looks like he was made to play basketball. Mm -hmm. He's just this stretched out, perfectly like smooth, you know, mover and like it just has a, a beautiful shot shooting stroke. <laughs> it's like, and then you just see this fat, you know, like uh, doughboy. Just like dribbling, like and and the way he sees the floor at all times, it's not even human. Yeah, he looks like Drew Carey made a wish <laughs> to become the greatest <laughs> basketball player of all time. It's absurd. He's going to win a third MVP and good on him. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I have uh, I, I have no qualms. I love watching him play. Uh, between him and Giannis, the NBA th that part of the NBA is very fun. Watching the Pelicans has not been as fun. Uh, watching their neighbor across the street, I don't think has been very fun either, but at least we have moved past the Mercedes Benz car rental yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Is that uh, for Sprinter vans on Boydress there? Yeah. What is that? I have no idea. I was like, I've never seen a Mercedes Benz. That's basically a Hertz dealership. It's very odd. Um, the Saints finally moved past. Our local nightmare is over. Sean Payton has been traded. Uh, there was so much speculation, so much back and forth. Uh, first, everybody thought he was going to get two first-round picks. Then people thought he was going to go back and do TV. And then it turns out that the Broncos uh, are trading him, I believe, for the 29th pick, a second-round pick next year. And then the Saints have to give the Broncos a third-round pick as part of that swap. Um, anyway, I think it's amazing they got anything, quite frankly. Am I alone in that? This is a man who was not performing for the team. Yeah. He was not uh, doing anything. He was just taking money, in the, lurking in the shadows. He wasn't even taking money. Papa John's commercial or whatever he was going to do. Yeah. And you turn it into two picks. Right. For I, this situation, what's better than that? Three picks, of course, but yeah. it's not super realistic 
people were mad. I was like, mad? This is the only analogy that I could come up with of this whole thing was this is the equivalent of having a car that does not start in your driveway and someone pays you to take it. Yeah. You can't do anything with the car. The car might be a nice car, but it's pretty worthless to you because it doesn't start. And so the fact that anyone will take it off your hands and pay you for it, like, that's fantastic. That's found money. And that's essentially what the Pel- what the Saints got. Uh, and I think the, the prevailing wisdom from those who thought otherwise was like, you know, Mickey could have, you know, held up the negotiation. He had the leverage. They really wanted Sean Payton. It's like, who cares? With this team in all facets, I'm ready to move on to the next phase. Yeah. Sean Payton phase is over and done with, and you got something for it. I'm happy with that. If you're upset by that, I think you're probably just looking for something to be upset with. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad he's gone. It's nice he's in the AFC West, like that, you know, you'll play him once every four years. Uh, Whenever he comes back to New Orleans, there will be poetry written about him. Um, But it's whatever. Let him go over there. He'll never win anything because Patrick Mahomes is going to win that league until we're all dead. Uh, (laughs) And I just don't. I think it's fine. I think he's going to make an absolute ton of money, and I think he'll make the playoffs a couple times. I just I don't think Russell Wilson's all that great, and I don't think he's all that great, and they've sort of mortgaged their entire future on that combination, and, you know, that's a problem for them. That would have been a fun problem for New Orleans to have a season ago. Yeah. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, sure. Let's yeah. give it a whirl. Yeah. I could care less about what's happening in Denver right now. Yeah. I'm not going to actively root against them. I don't really have any feelings. Uh, I, I don't feel much fondness for Sean Payton anymore. Uh, but at the same time, I, I'm not like rooting for his failure. I don't really care. I think the last Broncos game I saw was uh, the Tim Tebow uh, <laughs> uh, playoff victory against uh, Pittsburgh. You didn't watch the Super Bowl when they won it a few years no. ago? <laughs> I was in Vegas. I just remember it was on like the giant screen at Taj Mahal. Yeah, and that what's interesting to me is the Broncos – don't judge things the way like Broncos fans don't judge things the way that Saints fans do like here. The fact that he won whatever five, six division titles and was consistently in the playoffs was enough and, and won one Super Bowl was enough for us to think that this is like uh, the Messiah came down to coach football for New Orleans and willing to give him essentially a lifetime contract and. Uh, in Denver, they've won three Super Bowls since, what, 97? Uh, they judge things by winning Super Bowls and getting to Super Bowls. They've been to a lot of them. And I don't think that he is going to be that kind of coach in this situation. Like, he's not been a successful playoff coach for the most part. He's been to three NFC championships in 16, in 16 years. It's not like he's got this track record of showing up big in the playoffs. And uh, it just seems weird to me that the Broncos are like kind of going all in for that. But I guess he's the best option on the table. But he can get fired very quickly, basically what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, he I doesn't have that uh, the loyalty that he certainly had in New Orleans. I mean, I'm, I'm really just glad the Saints are going to not be sideline spectators at the draft. They have a million needs, and I'm glad that they're going to be able to fumble the bag on a few of them. Yeah, I know. I can't wait till we're you know sitting there for four hours on draft night, and then it's you know some offensive guard from an FCS school. You're like, oh god, <laughs> here we. <laughs> Who turns out to be like starting, but not that good, you know? Yeah, like every other offensive lineman. I get it. It's not true. Ryan Ramchick's good, um, but I, I'm. I think it's good for the Saints. I think the fact they got anything should just be considered a win. I, I don't really get that. Uh, I did find it hilarious. I think Jeff Duncan was tweeting today uh, that Sean Payton did not quit on the Saints. And I was like, what? Do you, he's like, he just burned out. I was like, what are you talking? What does that mean? 
What does that mean? He burned out. That's quitting, right? I think so. I think he quiet if quit. <laughs> if you're working somewhere and you stop working there, that's just quitting. Because you don't like your coworkers. I really like Jeff, but like I don't understand what the vernacular is there. If it's not quitting, what is it? He wanted to explore other options. He wanted to backpack through Europe. He wanted to find himself. He wanted to take ayahuasca and go up into the hills of Denver. Like Dick Vermeil, I think, is the only example of a guy actually like burning out, you know, like he just didn't want to do it anymore. Like he was like losing his mind. And then like eight years later, he came back and coached the Rams and, you know, eventually won the Super Bowl. But like outside of that, I think it's just quitting when your coach just leaves the team. When he's under contract and the team wants him to stay and he just decides he's not going to coach and then goes back and coaches another team. That's quitting. Within a year. Yeah. That, by if, the way. Yeah. Because when he quote unquote retired, the yeah. speculation was, well, you know, one day he's going to come back. I know. The one day was 364 <laughs> days later. It was not some journey. He didn't go discover himself. He didn't get a henna tattoo and change his name to Spirit. He he did some commercials for Long John Silvers. He yucked it up in the booth with those clowns, and yeah. then he is coaching another team. I know. I'm so over it. I'm glad it's over. I'm, uh, let's put don't it you wish us. we'd don't you wish we'd put up that statue in Lee Circle? I know for... that's what they were gonna do. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so the, uh, the other only other bit of Saints news that came out today: the Saints fired there. So one of their def- they had co defense their coach is a defense coordinator, and they had co defense coordinators underneath him. One of them left to go to the Falcons and Ryan Nielsen. I think that was last week. And then uh, today they said they were firing Chris Richard, who was the other defensive coordinator. Uh, so Dennis Allen, uh, I guess, is just going to run the show. I don't know if that's good, bad, or otherwise. The Saints defense played well the second half of the season, but it's not like they were great all year. And who gives a shit? Who are they bringing in? I don't know. Guys we've never heard of. I can't believe is Sean Payton going to hire people from the <laughs> offensive staff? Is to he going to coach? I know. Take them. Can he? Take them. I guess he could. Have them all. <laughs> <laughs> Can we trade coaching staffs with Denver? Just shake things up? Yeah. I mean, they were really bad. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> How much of this is just, uh, you know, Sean's home insurance dropping him? <laughs> Sean, stay. We've got cannamoons. They're completely legal. You don't have to go. Aren't you going to miss the streetcar? If he's like everyone else from New Orleans, he's going to move to Denver for two years and go, ah, oh, fuck these people. Yeah. And then come back and then move to Mandeville after about six months. That's what you do. These guys are all way richer than me, and I do not like it. I'm moving back. Uh, on that note, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back with some local news. Stick around. Be right back. Polk and Kush. It's It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> so it looks like some of the parade routes are changing. Um, that was on, I saw it on Fox last night. Crudevu route is changing, um, which doesn't sound like a big deal. You know, you're just like, okay, whatever. Well, a bunch of businesses along the route sold tickets to uh, balconies, parties. They promised, okay, you've got a parade, you know, bathroom bar, and you can watch the thing out the window. Yeah. And now uh, they're not going to be able to do that. So another slap in the face to a lot of New Orleans bars and businesses. I know, like, Santos was on there. Yeah. Um. And some other places. So where is it going now? If it's not going down Frenchman, right? Yeah. Do we know where it's going down? Or I do you go to Crudevu? I don't have the map. I've been to Crudevu. Okay. I'm, I used to go to Crudevu. I dress myself up like a paper mache cock and balls. <laughs> and, you know, I go, Trump is bad. And that's the whole parade. I've been doing that for 11 years. That's their whole thing. It's always There's, something getting bent over yeah. on a float. It's like... 
so cute. It's a Stephen Colbert monologue, but with Trump <laughs> getting anally penetrated. Yeah. I, I, I truly. It's like, how's this for a pothole? I, I was like, oh, and the, oh yeah, or like a, holding a stick with sperm on it. Yeah. You know, it's like, <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of, and I, you know, it's cool that it goes through the quarter. It's cool that it starts Mardi Gras. All those things I appreciate. The uh, cheekiness of like, oh, they're using vulgarity and obscene images of Republicans. Like uh, that's I. None of it was ever that clever. I think it was clever post Katrina. There were so many targets that were so like um, that, and it felt very local and very unique. And now it's like I know every one of these Mardi Gras. I know all the. Conservative Mardi Gras crews are going to just murder Latoya <clears throat> the whole time, and I know all of the recruitivus of the world are just going to kill Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk and Trump, and it's <laughs> yeah. like this is not. Uh, it just feels very predictable. Um, but you know, every credit float, to those putting it together with the paper mache. Every float is going to be about trash pickup, potholes, uh-huh. carjacking. I'm sure there's going to be a Kia float yeah. with like the Hamburglar <laughs> in it or whatever. <laughs> I could design all the floats. You should design all the floats. Yeah. Maybe I'll do like a, a tiny one that goes behind them. You know, I, you ever been to Tit Rex? Yeah. That's a great parade. Yeah. I think that's that one's very fun. Um, well, another parade thing is that Latoya said that her friends and all of the neighboring parishes uh, were going to step up and come in and help out with parade routes because they needed a certain amount of officers for security reasons. She referred to neighboring parishes as friends and Mm -hmm. said that they were stepping up. Uh, I think it was WWL investigated and found that every surrounding parish has said no (laughs) to sending anyone in to come and help. And, uh, you know, could you blame them? Of course not. God, I mean, including the uh, NOPD, uh, like levy police that's or great. harbor police, yeah. they said no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Shriners—they're <laughs> not going to show up in the little cars. Well, no, <laughs> none of these guys can recruit anybody to join their force. Like the last thing they want to do is go sit on the parade route and like stand there at Louisiana while people throw firecrackers at their you know horse. And it's like that's that's not a fun thing for anybody to come in and have to do voluntarily. Yeah, uh, it is not shocking. Uh, I don't know how they're going to have enough cops. I guess they they're never, not. They're they not never going really to. had enough cops to begin with. Like, did you ever feel like there was a major police presence on the parade route? I felt like there were a lot of police there, but I wouldn't say they were, like, present. They were, like, smoking cigars yeah, down, like, side football, streets. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't really, like, patrolling the area. And I live near, I, I did live near what was traditionally one of the uh, most dangerous parts of the parade route, the the Popeyes on St. Charles, that yeah. cross-section. Yeah. I live close, close to, to the there, bridge. Yeah, yeah. and there was, there was never any, I mean, you might see a cop, like, smoking a cigar, yeah. throwing a Nerf football, yeah. Or, you know, ogling a 16-year-old. Yeah, and then, like, 14 people yeah. will get shot. <laughs> yeah. Which I think happened multiple years. Uh, it's just like, yeah, whatever. We got cops out there. They never catch the guy. It's like, because uh, it's a giant crowd of people. Yeah. I, you and know, everyone has guns. I'm not it's saying like, it's easy to do any of that stuff. No. I, but. But they've extended the parade route now. Yeah. So they're back to normal routes, which should mean that they have more than enough officers. If they do, which I don't think they do. If they do, yeah. that means the rest of the city is the purge. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, everywhere that's not St. Charles is going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> it's really just open season. <laughs> yeah. On the rest of the city. Like, how many people will be patrolling New Orleans East during Endymion? Good Lord. <laughs> it's zero? Are they going to have less people? Are they going to somehow, like, have negative cops during... Uh, like, it is it, it is really going to be World War Z uh, in the streets of the East and, and like, Algiers. Like, can you, I just I can't even imagine. It's like, there's not enough cops as it stands. I am glad the regular routes are coming back, though. I think that is... That part of magazine is nice. It does break it up a little bit because that front part can get uh, very crowded uh, with people, and it is 
Good to have that back. You know who was also not going to be taking a day off is the uh, parking enforcement people. They no. they are going to pay for the whole budget uh, this year. They'll be the only ones out there <laughs> working. They'll, they're, they're, the parking enforcement will be in full effect. I saw last week, I saw a meter maid drinking a, a daiquiri. <laughs> Buy mango daiquiris on on bourbon and Bienville with the little machine in her hand. She had it on her on her waist. I think I, she wasn't actively working, but she was in the uniform. Yeah, you know, great. with the cup that's like I got my tits licked at you know <laughs> Big Steve's, and I'm like, you're a kind of an office. I don't know what you are. <laughs> it's the perk of the gig. You're right there. You're mango mango adjacent. <laughs> I don't blame her for that. That's great. I, I, I would be doing the exact same thing. Well, it's going to be a little uh, traffic to the parades is going to be a little bit uh, easier this year uh, because 803 cars have been stolen in 31 <laughs> days in New Orleans. That is 26 cars per day. 800 cars in a month. Uh, 1,602 months. Uh, 7,000, 8,000 in a year. Or no, not that many. Like eight hundred cars in a month would be over eight thousand a year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how many people live in New Orleans? Three hundred. I think uh, that somewhere in the two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand range, I believe now, in the actual city. So yeah, I mean, what is it like? Eight percent of cars are going to be stolen. You know, four percent of cars. More than that. How many of those two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand people have a car? Well, it's also. Uh, you know, it's not like a birth it's not like a birth, birth statistic. Like stolen cars roll over from last year. Yeah, it's true. So like you really have to look at it as like ten years of how many cars have been stolen. Like yeah. everybody that gets their car stolen doesn't automatically get a new car. Yeah. So you're looking at like twenty, twenty five percent of cars getting stolen in a ten year period. If this keeps people <laughs> from carjacking the cars, I think it's an overall good thing. The carjacking is unless way worse. you have a Kia. Yeah, I know. Was it, it was all Kias and Hondas, Kias is that right? Hyundais, I Hyundais. believe. Tough break. If you just bought a car, you didn't know you were buying the easily stolen vehicle. No. And it's a little... Is it because they can hot, they hot wire them? Is that what happens? There is a trick on the Kias, at least, where you can uh, pull the plastic thing from under the steering column and put like a USB in there, and I think it starts the car up. There's no immobilizer. Probably should have done something about that on the assembly line. Well, I guess there is a Kia recall coming, but you're going <laughs> to have to take it to Kia... Uh, a local Kia dealership, yeah. which is not good. And also everyone in the world is going to be do like literally everyone in the world. There will also be no cars left there. No. So, <laughs> they will have all been stolen. Uh, so it's a complete disaster. You're going to have to drive to Fayetteville, Arkansas and sell your Kia and come back on the bus. More than a car an hour stolen from this. This city is not that big. It is a very small city. Like, that is insane. I used to feel a little paranoid or like I was crazy. I, I used to feel like I was crazy when I would be driving and I would see, you know, the car next to me with the door hanging off. The windshield's got <laughs> blood on it. There's no license plate. There's just a note that says, what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, I think that's a stolen car. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> and now you're like right next to some guy's guy. I'm the, like, God, I hope this stolen car doesn't <laughs> crash into me. There's like the, you're, you're driving behind someone. They have the bumper sticker with like, you know, the family of six. And it's like, you know, the dad, the mom, the two kids, like, you know, those little stick figures that they have, all the kids, <laughs> like a dog and a cat. And then you pull to the left and it's just some like 13 year old kid just smoking <laughs> a blunt. And you're like, I don't think that's your car. <laughs> I don't know. Just like the way you see, like, you know, uh, the guy. You know, forty-year-old dudes, uh, you know, riding bicycles with baskets on the front. Pink yeah, bi pink bicycles with baskets on the front. You're like, ah, the feeling. You I, didn't purchase that one from Toys R Us, Fernando. I always like seeing the craziest, like, methed-out gutter punk in the world on like one of those blue bicycles. <laughs> I'm like, he got the app to work. I can't get the app to work. How do you know how much juice was left in that thing? <laughs> 
Do they still exist, the blue bikes? Yeah, they do. That's incredible. There were like four directly in front of Penthouse Club when I walked nice. by the other day. Biking to the Yeah, it was like Pee Wee Herman showed up to <laughs> Penthouse. I don't know. What is this? State of Louisiana is going to pay insurance companies to insure houses here. Yeah. How do you think that's going to go? I Can you imagine? Do you think there'll be any corruption? They're paying like $500 million to insurance companies. So the legislature had an emergency session, <laughs> and they were like, hey, turns out no one wants to insure anything here. And everyone's <laughs> like, well, that makes sense because, you know, we get hit by hurricanes every 10 minutes, and we're below sea level, and everything gets stolen every 15 minutes. And they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, well, so we're just going to have to pay the insurance companies to come in. So they're going to pay the insurance companies. The insurance companies will then take the money and then still jack up everyone's rate. They're not going to like lower the rates because of it. (laughs) No, no, I have. I love Louisiana and I love new Orleans, but at some point the rest of America (laughs) is going to go, Hey guys, (laughs) that's enough. What are we doing here? Can you take a hint from God? <laughs> you're, you're superfluous. The uh, creator of the universe has been trying to wipe out where you live forever. That means don't live there. Yeah. I, I Thank God we did not get hit by a named hurricane this year, but uh, it does feel like the insurance companies are just going to be the thing that really... Uh, smacks people around. I mean, that, that that's the thing where, like, if you have a mortgage, you have to have insurance, and there's just nothing you can do when they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, that giant you know bill you're paying on that, we're going to need triple this year. It's like, you're going to what? It's like, yeah, it's triple. And it's like, well, I, I want to go to someone else. It's like, there is no one else, asshole. They all <laughs> left because they don't want to do this, and the only way we can make any money is tripling it. And they're like, oh, well, now the state is going to pay a bunch more companies to come in here and compete. It's like, they're all going to compete at the highest dollar amount because all you've done is pay them to be in the market. You can't pay them to bring the rates down. They, they have no effect on that. It's so stupid, and it's so Louisiana. And it's also like, what else can you do? Like, you kind of have to do that. So it's a bad option for a bad problem that is kind of the only solution and the bottom line is we're all screwed. Maybe when we all go to Fayetteville, Arkansas to sell our Kias, yes. we just stay there. Yeah, we have is Mardi Gras and Rustin next, <laughs> next year. Bucky's Gras. Yes, that's very exciting. Are your parents pretty fired up about that Bucky's going? They're fired up about their new career. <laughs> Heard you can make a hundred grand being a car wash manager there. Well, we're gonna find out. <laughs> I didn't even know they had car washes at Bucky's. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So Bucky's is coming to Ruston, which caused a lot of you condescending pricks <laughs> on Reddit to be like, "What's in Ruston? Ruston sucks." <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's in Ruston: a Bucky's, and you're. Little greasy kids want to go there, and they're going to spend an hour there, and you're going to see Carl Malone. <laughs> you're going to see Artist Gilmore. We have burned so much time in Bucky's with my kids. They just go to the same stuff every time. This and then I spent the- $100 in there. I'm like, what did I do? What did I get here that I couldn't have gotten somewhere else? A shirt with a beaver on it. <laughs> Top quality jerky, (laughs) icy machines that work. That is true. And the cleanest bathrooms in the world. The bathroom is free, though. What do you mean? Why did I spend $100? The bathroom is free. I spend so much money there every time. And I don't even think about it. I just like, yeah, throw it in the cart. Of course we need 11 barbecue sandwiches. (laughs) Like, dump them all in there. I literally, I think my bill was $95 last time I was there. I was like, I don't spend this at the grocery store. Well. What am I buying? You don't have to worry about going. The Ruston one is not the closest one to New Orleans. The Gulf Shores is still closer than Ruston. Oh, and they're opening one up, uh, like, the, like the first exit in Mississippi. Okay. Like, at Pass Christiane. As long as Ruston holds the Louisiana title. Yes. Well, they didn't want to put anything remotely near New Orleans, like in Louisiana. They had like a, a citywide meeting and somebody, uh, it may have been the mayor, said that this, when they signed the bill to make it official, they said this would be a day that your children's children <laughs> would talk about. <laughs> 
would remember and that it was going to change the course of all of our lives. We were opening a gas station. There's a big gas station that 18 wheelers are not allowed at. <laughs> Your children's children. And then when you have to buy that soccer ball with the beaver on it for the 50th time, then your children's children will very much appreciate that. God, that is bonkers. Oh, thanks so much to everyone for joining us this week. We do deeply appreciate it. Please like, rate, review on Spotify, especially shoot us an email, pokingcush at gmail.com. We love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening, and see ya!